Hi, and welcome to Ask Rev, a Christian podcast where you can come online and ask us questions about things like the Bible, the church, uh, Christianity, theology, personal related, pastoral related, or anything you think, hey, this would be a great question. I think a pastor would really be able to help me out with it. Guys, submit your questions to us at all of our possible ways. Guys, we need your questions because we love what you guys are asking. It is amazing and wonderful to be able to answer your questions. Kaylee, how can they submit those questions? You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ask Rev Podcast. You can hit our TikTok up at at rev dot Wayne. <laughs> what was that? Okay. It's at rev dot Wayne. I was doing perfectly with? fine trying my radio voice and it did not work. You can also send us an email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. And you can hopefully find all of these social medias on our website, askrevpodcast.com. By the way, guys, that uh, TikTok was rev.wayne. You can submit your questions through the Q&A. Kaylee forgot to finish that whole thing because she got caught up trying to use her radio voice. So, But, you know, you can do that on Wayne's TikTok. Mine doesn't have that set up, and I don't share mine on here anyway. So, yay. Oh, okay. So we just put mine out there? Yeah. See how it is. Yours is the one where we got the idea for the podcast. Well, you know, yeah, because it's been an idea that I've been doing for a while. You're right. So, but guys, thank you so much for submitting your questions to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Also, within that, hey, guys and gals and friends of all peoples, let me say this. <gasps> what? If you would like a sticker. <gasps> Stickers. Or like a one-inch like button. <gasps> Buttons. Or, you know what? We have like 10 coasters to give away. <gasps> coasters. If you like one of those. Ask us for them. Yeah. We like to give them away. Kaylee isn't annoyed with the fact that they're still in our house. So, guys, we want to give these to you. We will be willing to mail these to you for free. Y'all, there is no catch besides once we give them to you if you do not mind. So, this is up to you. If you do not mind, please, like, whenever you place it, take a picture of it and tag us in it and say at hashtag AskRevPodcast. We greatly appreciate that. Y'all, it's helping us get out there. That's the whole point of this uh, kind of advertisement scheme that we're doing. I always call it a scheme, but this whole advertisement like campaign that we wanted to do is to be able to help us reach more people with our podcast and with this ministry, because with the lack of biblical literacy and with all the questions that are going on in the church today, it is super important for us to be able to have a place where we can go and ask questions and find out what we've been wondering for a very long time. So that's what we want to be for you guys. So, Hey, if you don't mind, submit your questions, uh, send these podcasts to people, you know, Hey, if you have a chance real quick, if you don't mind, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review wherever you guys find the podcast at. Because yeah. it definitely gets us in the face of other people. Yeah, leave us a five-star review or one. We don't care. Just yeah. leave us a review. Guys, you know, I, I do care. I love, you know, at least a three. But, <laughs> guys, we greatly appreciate the fact that you guys are even listening to this podcast. It's amazing and wonderful to see the community that we built up. So, with that, we do want to go ahead and jump into the questions today. Because I know these questions are jam-packed full of a lot of stuff. So, we want to go ahead and hit it today. So, Kaylee, what's our first yeah, question? Yeah, we got a lot of things to go over. Okay. So, should a pastor be able to continue to serve in a leadership role if he has a checkered past but went through accountability and repentance? See, let's go ahead and talk about like what a checkered past is. So, we're going to kind of break this down a little bit. Because... Um, Here's the reality. A checkered past could be many different things. Mm -hmm. You can have a lot of things in your past. In certain ways, yes. Once you go through accountability and repentance, I don't see you a problem with you coming back to the pulpit or coming back into ministry. But there are some things that I have to look at you and say, hey, no, according to the Bible, you have been disqualified. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and talk about like different sections of checkered past. Kayla, you got some of those? Okay. I also think you need to like what kind of accountability and repentance Okay. Well, you I want think to... it depends on the situation of it what really your does. checkered past is from, but 
you know, I think some are more forgivable in a way. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase I, that. I, I have to say this. We got to be careful with that phrasing because like the saying, some of them are more forgivable than others. Uh, and they gave us the fact that the blood of Christ covers all yeah, sins. It, it's not the best way to put it, but you know, but some well, are very strictly against what the Bible says a pastor should be. Yeah. And others are not mentioned. Yeah. So, so. we're kind of, let's kind of break them down and we'll talk about like the accountability and repentance. What I would say would be good for those as we go. Okay. So Kaylee, what we got? So, Adultery. Okay, so when we talk about adultery here, so I want to take it from two perspectives. If you commit adultery as a pastor or if your spouse commits adultery, so we're going to kind of split it up into two camps. Mm -hmm. So for adultery, should you be able to come back to it? So adultery, by the way, guys, let's go ahead and put a pause here. Let's put a pause for a second. Um, Some of these topics might be hard to hear. Some of these and topics might be a problem to listen to. Especially for young ears. Yeah, so we do want to go ahead and give that explicit marking here. You know, hide your kids, hide your wives. You know, Ruslan on YouTube, if you ever get to watch him, fantastic man. Great answering questions too, I love him. But uh, he uses that little phrase. And, you know, guys, it is explicit in the way that we're going to talk about some hard topics here. So just hold on. This podcast also might go a little long, so just be ready for it. But with that being said, kind of back up. We're going to jump into this idea of adultery as a pastor. So a pastor, you commit adultery. Uh, number one cause of adultery is what? Kaylee, do you remember? Oh, you're quizzing me. Yeah, I want to see what um, you got. Opportunity. Opportunity. Y'all, why do we commit adultery? Is because there's an opportunity for it. So that means you put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. You were not a good steward with who you are or with your family. So I will say this. If you commit adultery, no. Because you have broken a bond in marriage that you have committed whenever we look at accountability and uh, repentance in the midst of that, you need to actively repent of that adultery, get out of that relationship. But you also need to take accountability in whatever action you did, not only to hurt your family, but hurting the family of the other member that you used or that was a part of this relationship. Cause guys, adultery is not a one way street. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's another relationship, but you need to talk, accountability of what happened out of that adulterous situation okay and you know i view adultery as even having emotion an emotional relationship with another person that's not your spouse i also think that can fall under that not just a physical relationship see i don't have to kind of disagree with you but we come from two different sides so for a woman it's uh, in a relationship it is definitely the emotional ties that make more of the uh, connection for men tends to be more of the physical side of it yeah. so yeah i could see where you're coming from but as a man really when i come to the damage that i did uh if i were to let me put this caveat kaylee and i are fine guys <laughs> this there's no issues here but let's say you know as a pastor if i committed adultery generally who would be the people that would be the ideal or would be the target audience for a possible relationship generally the stereotype is the secretary the secretary y'all or another church member because these are people yeah. that you're going to actively be with constantly be a part of their lives y'all pastors are a part of the intimate part of your life they get to know you better than a lot of people do because uh, except for your your spouse and some of your close friends the reason why is because they're there during the hard times you know, they're there to help you guide along the way. A lot of times you come to your pastor with questions mm-hmm. or with uh, needing an advice and situation. So they know a lot more about you than a lot of people do. So to me, whenever a pastor takes advantage of the situation they're in, where they're able to be a part of that relationship and commits adultery by being more of a relationship in there, 
I think they abused their power and have lost the right to become a pastor in my mind. The reason why I say that is because they have actively gone out to hurt the body of Christ. Even if they don't think so, that was not an active, it was just subconscious. One time hurts the church. Mm -hmm. But when you're in an adulterous relationship, that's an active choice. Mm -hmm. I have an issue with that. So for me, whenever we look at accountability, what does that like repentance accountability look like for you? That means you are taken up, that relationship's taken care of. You need to hold accountability. If there's any like uh, children come out of that relationship, you need to make sure you're taking care of that family. You mm-hmm. need to do everything you can to take care of that family. But you need to go back to your wife. And you and your wife need to come back and reconcile. What that means is you guys are going to go through counseling. You guys are going to go through all these different things to get yourself back on track if your wife decides to stay with you. Because it's one of those situations where I don't blame the woman who says, hey, he left me, he cheated on me, all this stuff. According to scripture, that's a reason for divorce. Adultery is a reason for divorce. It's not a good thing to be divorced. I hope and pray for reconciliation. I've seen relationships come back into reconciliation after these kind of things. But you need to be so careful mm-hmm. and actively go after it. But because you actively became you became the, the wolf rather than the shepherd, you need to stay away from the pulpit for now. And that's my opinion, though. We have to remember that. That's my opinion on that. Well, it you know, it also speaks about being a man of one wife. I mean, and you're not legally married to this person, but you've committed emotionally and physically. Yeah, you've taken her as a wife, as you would your wife. So in that kind of mentality, I think you're on point. Because, you know, whenever we come to the idea of consummating a relationship, we use the wedding night, you know, that sexual aspect of it. It becomes so important to the relationship. So whenever you took that and you went with another woman, you took her as if she was your wife. Mm-hmm. You came to know her as if she was a wife. So, yeah, a man of one wife is a definite necessary qualification of scripture that's not an option by the way it didn't say hey this is you know a card of paul was my opinion no it's in the word of god it's hey the man needs to be a man of one wife it's more of a definite necessary requirement Mm -hmm. so you're right i think it's disqualifying yes um here, let's, do you want to do that second camp, or do you have something to add on to that? Well, you know, and, you know, we're not, remember, we're not just talking about the, like, there being a physical relationship, emotional as well. Yeah. You know, I think that is just as important, because mm-hmm. you can still have that same level of intimacy without the physical. Yeah. With just being together and whatever. But um, let's talk about the but spousal. yeah, the second one, where your spouse commits adultery. So, here, when we look at spousal, I uh, think, okay... Ruslan, who's on YouTube, very good YouTuber, very good uh, minister, uh, preacher. I don't think he's actually a pastor. I don't think he's ordained. I don't know. I have to get to know him. He's fantastic on YouTube. I've been watching him a lot lately. And he had this concept that I love this. It might not be my fault, but it's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. So what that means is, okay, my wife cheats on me. All right. She goes off, has an adulterous relationship. She might, I might not have been what caused it. I might not have been what drove her to it. You know, so I'm not here to victim blame at all, but here's what happens. That goes and happens. She's my wife. Kaylee, you're my wife. Whenever it comes down to our household, when it comes to the end of the road, I'm going to be held accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's going to be like, Hey, I put you as the head of your house, you know, and what Kaylee is doing over here, Kaylee's over here, you know, just fooling around, you know, come on, babe. 
not even going to respond. Just going to shake your head like no. No, but the reality is, Kayla, once again, guys, we're good. Kayla's not doing that. Kayla. I know. I'm just upset you you called me babe on the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's kinda, weird. Kinda, she's my wife. She's going to be okay. <laughs> hey, I married her. We're okay. But uh, <laughs> I love you. This is where we get canceled. It happens. Guys, we've already put the explicit marker. We're fine. If that's what we get counseled for is me calling you babe, <laughs> y'all, then they were like pulling at strings. All right? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of things in this episode they're probably going to cancel us for. But whenever we look at this like concept up, back to this, uh, not my fault, but my responsibility. As the head of the household, I am responsible for that. You know, Kayla, I know you have the Bible right there. Will you go ahead and read that passage real quick? Yeah, so I'm going to read the whole section here. Um, so if I'm reading out of the ESV, it's 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer... Okay, hold up real quick. Overseer does not depict a specific office, neither does the word bishop. We see bishop, overseer, and elder all really required to the position of pastor. Okay. Yes, uh, so if anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, yes, or he may become puffed up with conceit, excuse me, and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Yeah. So when we're on point with that, like this managing your household well and being above reproach. So above reproach here is where I look at that adultery. So you're not, whenever you're committing adultery in that, you're no longer above reproach. So you've not just, you're no longer a man of one wife. You did not go out of your way to make sure you're taking care of you. So the above reproach mentality is saying, hey, I'm going to be above the bar to keep it where I'm in a safety net, where I'm not going to hurt myself or leave myself in any way for me to fall short. But then you look at this idea of managing your household well. Whenever you are not taking care of your home, one of the big failures of pastors nowadays is we don't take care of our church. We take care of either our church or our family. We can't take care of both for some reason. Reality is our family was our first ministry. That's what we need to take care of first. I think it's interesting. In my Bible, there is a note of right next to he must manage his own household well. And it says that the word, like the household is also wives likewise or women likewise yes so i think that's interesting yeah well because if you look uh, later on in that same passage you look at the, like the, re- the responsibility of the deacons and then of the deacons wives uh they show kind of like the characteristics that need to fall into the wives of the deacons as well to show you that how they need to be of a certain character whenever you look at how you manage your household you need to be able to manage your wife as well because what that means is I'm keeping my wife on track. I'm making sure she's staying above reproach just as much as I am. You know, one of the things that happens was uh, you guys, uh, we have friends that happen to be of the male gender. And so what I do with Kaylee is I'll look at and go, hey, if you're going to go over there before me, you know, I always look at it and go, hey, you know, remember we're being watched. There's always this kind of mindset. And the same way with me, I don't put myself in situations where I can be seen outside of a context that would be negative. So I'm not, I won't be alone in the car with another woman. I ask Kaylee not to be alone in the car with another man. You know, if we're going to go somewhere and there's going to be another woman in the car, either she's going to be there or both of us going to be there. It is to help keep us above reproach and managing our family well. 
And that was one thing you really liked about Billy Graham. Yes. Was that whenever he would stay in hotels or whatever and he'd need to ride an elevator, if he would enter the elevator or if he would see that there's a woman in the elevator by herself, he would wait. Yeah. And, or, or take, take the, the stairs. stairs. Or whenever he walked into a hotel room because he knew his ministry was more important than a simple mistake. He would always have this way where he would send a member of his or his entourage. Mm-hmm. They would go into the room, make sure nobody was in there. No cleaning lady, no housekeeper, no nothing. Get them out before he would walk in. Mm-hmm. Because he said, "There's not. I'm not going to fall short like a lot of his contemporaries did where they fell short because of opportunity. You know, During the time of Billy Graham and his early ministry, you had pastors who were falling uh, for prostitution, uh, money issues, and things like that were constantly happening. So Billy Graham was like, no, this is too important. I got to be better. He managed his household very well. Mm-hmm. But when it, those would be where I come from, adultery, I kind of want to move on because I know these. we got a lot yeah. more to go to. We might have to do two episodes. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Okay, so what about a pastor texting a congregant, um, not in an inappropriate way, but in an inappropriate way? Okay, so kind of like that familiarity. Yeah, Uh, like texting them like you would your best friend or whatever. It's kind of informal and, Mm -hmm. you know. But can be considered a little bit inappropriate. Yes. So whenever it comes down to, like, with me and the brothers of the church, you know, I'll pick with them a lot. You know, whenever you guys come into the office, uh, we our office staff is all male right now. And it's really interesting. I love watching how we all connect. We act like boys. We act like brothers. We hang out and spend time together. It's awesome to have that kind of brotherhood relationship we have. Whatever, I text back and forth with them. I'll pick with them, but I always have to watch what I say. You know, I make sure I'm not being inappropriate no matter what because I have to be above reproach. I have to be a leader in my way of acting. But whenever you talk about, okay, let's say uh, there's a sister of the church. She and I have gotten to know each other very well and uh, very much more like a family relationship. But I'm texting her and it's what we call very familiar kind of text. Which, hey, you know, you looked really awesome in church today. I love the dress you were wearing today. That was awesome. Or, hey, you know, how's this going on with this, this, this and this? You know, I'm praying this helps. But, but dude, I, I can't believe this has happened to you. This oh, Man, I can't believe he would say that to you. That kind of... Uh, and to go a little bit too far in the relationship, like we have to have a boundary. I'm a pastor and a congregation member, you know, pastor, the shepherd and the sheep. You have to kind of have that little boundary there because what you're doing is you're keeping yourself above approach. Hey, I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm not going to bring myself into that world. Here's the thing though. I build relationships with people very easily. And whenever I build that relationship up, sometimes I forget what I'm texting. Mm-hmm. And so whenever that comes down to it, I'll apologize. Like, hey, well, that was inappropriate. I, I shouldn't have asked that question or that was a little bit too far. Hey, I apologize. Whenever it comes to my phone, Kaylee can see my phone. Kaylee knows the password to my phone. All those kind of things. In this moment, when it comes to like that accountability and repentance, this would be a situation I believe pastors can come back from. Mm-hmm. I believe this would be an okay situation. I know there's a, uh, a pastor who actually just went through this, one of the mainstream pastors. We're not going to say his name because I love the fact that he came up on stage, though, and said, hey, me and uh, whenever you know, like a congregation member came up and confronted him about it, said, hey, you know, it's not in a, it wasn't like sexual in any nature, but I think it's inappropriate of how you're texting back and forth with my friend. He stopped and went, okay, understood. He went and the first thing he did is he told his wife, hey, uh, this is coming on. Wife looked through his phone. He looked through his phone there, double checking everything. He went straight to the elders. They said, hey, I've been texting this uh, lady. They said it was very inappropriate. I want you guys to be aware I want to fix this because I don't want to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have any scandal. So can we check through this? So they got an outside investigator to come and check his phone, 
check all the emails, all the stuff he had communication with her. And I was like, hey, you know, there's nothing of inappropriate nature, but we do think that this is too familiar. So you've crossed the crossed the pastor's boundary and went into a different relationship boundary, more of that like that best friend kind of catty friendship that was not okay. So what the elders did is they took him aside and said, hey, we're going to put you on sabbatical for six months. What we're going to do is we're going to pair you up with another pastor and we're going to bring you back together and we're going to lift you up. We're going to help build you back up. But for those six months, we don't want you in the pastor. We're going to be back in the pew. We're going to sit you back. So what that does, is that takes the pastor out of the role of teaching and preaching and leading to a role of learning and being poured back into. Because a lot of times we, we make stupid mistakes because we forget to be poured into. So mm-hmm. we forget to put it back on our armor. So we just, you know, the, the devil comes back in with temptation or we fall for temptation in our lives and we fall short. So having that kind of repentance of, hey, I know I messed up. I wanted to make this right. Apologize and making sure the other person's okay. And keep an accountability of saying, hey, I'm going to step back for a while and I'm going to build back up. After that build back up, after that six period, month period, reevaluating, say, hey, am I better? And then come back into the job is where I would be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I agree. It's not it's obviously not included in here besides like most well, that above reproach yeah mentality, but I think the response puts you back where you need to be. So bring yourself back, okay, I fell below that line of above of reproach. So I wanna actively build myself back up and get myself back where I need to be. Mm-hmm. It's a correction. Okay. We got time. Let's see what we got. Okay. Well, we might not after this one. So this one can kind of cover a lot of different things. We've got sexual misconduct. Sexual. <laughs> so we got a lot of different subcategories of this. Okay. So. Uh, I think we could probably. I, we've or got, that they could come up with. Yeah. Well, let's say this. Remember, uh, we did an episode on the SBC, a uh, big scandal a little while back too. So you guys go back to that. To get a lot of these answers as well. But I will say the sexual misconducts, a lot of times, not just adultery in your life, but uh, things like uh, rape, pedophilia, pedophilia, uh, sexual assault, any of these kind of subcategories that fall into this. Uh, I will say this very clearly. If a pastor falls into the, those categories, if they commit those kind of things, it goes back to that kind of not only the way of adultery in the mindset of doing this, but also has abused his relationship, not kept his church well, not any of this, also has generally done something illegal. Guys, I will get on a soapbox about this. If they fall into this category, they need to not only be out of the pastorate, they need to be buried underneath the jail because they were put in a position of authority and they were put in a position in somebody's life where they were allowed to be vulnerable with that person and that person abused it. Mm -hmm. So, no, there is no accountability. There is no... uh, you can repent of this. Yes. You can come to grass and be forgiven. But I would not ever let you pastor my churches. Mm-hmm. Nor would I recommend you. And the reason why is because what's stopping you from doing it again? You know, yes, there is forgiveness in Christ. There is true transformation in the Lord and through the Holy Spirit. Yes. You can be able to preach the gospel. But what you've done is damage your testimony beyond all measure. Yeah. You damage the testimony of Christ in your life because of your actions. Mm-hmm. No, don't get back in the pulpit. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at this passage, there's several things that you could say that they did not <laughs> complete <laughs> with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just 
some, for example, self-controlled, respectable, yeah, not violent, yes, you know, just a whole bunch of different things, and it's not okay, and no. we need to, as a church, not like you know, forgive as Christ would forgive, but we need to keep them accountable. Yes, so it's definitely and within that accountability. That is, I'm not putting you back in leadership. No. You have fallen away too short. You have disqualified yourself from the pulpit. No, you're not coming back. Would you, so this person is married. Yes. Would you disqualify the wife as well? See, that would be interesting because that comes down to like the divorcee tactics too. I would kind of put that kind of categorization. Once again, the wife is not responsible for the husband. Let's make sure that we got that. The husband's the head of the household. The husband is the one responsible for the actions of the house. So I would not disqualify her from serving. Now, remember, whenever we look at the position of elder, deacon, bishop, whatever, overseer, all these different things, those are primarily, those are male roles Mm -hmm. that are put in the church. Those are where the qualifications are given. Now, here's the thing. I generally like to have couples serve together when it comes to ministry. He will not serve on any part because he's considered a sex offender. Sorry, excuse me. Considered a sex offender in my in my eyes, in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's a liability that I would have to try to embrace there. But when it comes to what's going on with the wife, the wife's not responsible for his actions. If she was partaking of that, she needs to be or if she was enabling that in any way cuz I know there are some situations where that's possible, that I would say this, she needs to be persecuted too. Prosecuted, not persecuted. Sorry, prosecuted too. You know, it needs to become a legal thing, not a hey, we need to beat you with a shoe. All right, but in that kind of mentality, yeah, yeah, I would not hold her accountable unless she was accountable for it. But I wouldn't punish her for it. She's going through a lot. Yeah, and yeah, I can't even imagine. Because yeah. in a way, a lot of times, yeah, they become part of the level, of, a part of the group of victims mm-hmm. that happen. Because I think it a lot of times might start mm-hmm. with the wife. A lot and of the times, children. A lot of times it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Some offenders did not work in their household. They go outside their household primarily because it became a, an addiction that they never want their family to find out about. True. Which yeah. we can go into like the idea of pornography in the same way. Uh, pornography which, can lead yeah. to these kind of things to an extreme form in some people. So you always have that kind of mindset of, hey, they're, they're part of that hurt and that pain. Mm-hmm. So, no, I wouldn't necessarily say they were starting it, but sometimes you're, you're right they were maybe the first victim okay um well since so, i've already brought up the pornography you want yeah, to jump on that one i was trying to think of anything else that we could categorize under sexual misconduct i think uh honestly i don't want to continue to beat that horse because of we we know who our audiences can be sometimes yeah. but with that explicit mindset Guys, the SBC one that we talked about, we kind of went a little bit into some of these. Go check yeah. out that episode. Uh, not to get us more views, but to simply let you guys get more out of that categorization. If you wanted to dive deeper. Yeah. But when we look at like the idea of pornography as a sin, because that is a sexual sin. Yeah. It's a sexual, um, sexual misconduct. It would be following into that category. Uh, pornography in itself, I believe, is a redeemable. It is a repentable and accountable act. Here's the reality is, uh, why do people get on pornography? Opportunity? Opportunity. You're on point. But not just that. Uh, the reason why we stick with it is because of a shame cycle. Yeah. So because of that shame cycle, it's, it's to me, the same accountability as alcoholic and a drug addict. And it's something you can be repented of. You can get accountable and you can get yourself out of that through help and counseling, all these different things. 
So in that, I would literally say, yes, that's a redeemable quality you can get behind the pulpit and you can be okay with it and you'd be fine with it once you get help. So, uh, I heard a pastor once say, I find it funny because this pastor also fell into sexual misconduct recently, but he made the comment simply, you cannot be, um, you cannot be full of the Holy Spirit and full of sexual desire and pornography in your mind. It can't work that way. And I always thought that was very interesting because it's true. You know, you can't be thinking of the Holy Spirit when you're thinking of lustful acts. Yeah. So make sure you get yourself help. Make sure you go after counseling. That's where that accountability comes in. You know, pastors who fall into this need to do the same thing with somebody who goes into that uh, familiarity. They need to back out. They need to make sure they're getting help. They need to let their wives know. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to go together and fight this and work through this. And there's a lot of things out there, a lot of good uh, programs out there that mm-hmm. really do help. So I do recommend if you guys want to know a program that will help you guys get out of pornography, please reach out to us. I have one on my back desk behind me. I love what they do. I love the the videos that they show and the program. It really does help. Yeah. What do you say to those people, though, that think of pastors that have an addiction to pornography um, that also consider that addiction to be a form of adultery? See, there's no emotional attachment and there was no physical action between two people. So I don't think of it as an adultery because all it is is uh, self. Yeah, a lot of lust. Yeah, it's a lot of lust. It's an over-exaggeration, or not over-exaggeration, but over-arching of lust. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talk about that before. Yeah. Like, just casually, like, what do you think about, like, would you be able to date a person who was addicted, blah, 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 or whatever? So, you know, it's just interesting to see maybe your thoughts about that. Well, see, uh, the reality is, guys, is there's a lot of men out there and a lot of women who have been or are actively addicted to pornography. It's a huge issue. I mean, there's a whole industry built on this whole concept. Yeah. And so when you come down to it, there's a lot of times, uh, I think it's like 0.03% of teenagers nowadays are the ones who have not looked at pornography. It's because everybody has access to a computer or cell phone now. Everybody has access to it. It's so easily accessible. So the reality is the addiction is real and you really need to kind of help get yourself out of that by working through things and going to counseling, finding accountability partners and being, being holding yourself accountable to that action. Yeah. And you know, parents like be mindful about what your kids watch and do on their phones. And please do this. If you find out your kids are partaking of pornography, you find out your husband or wife are partaking of pornography, do not shame them for it. Because at that moment, what they're going to look at and go, oh my goodness, hey, you know, I'm being punished. And it's in those low moments that we become weak, that we fall back into that temptation. Even harder, probably. Yeah. So it starts the cycle all over again. And it's always this constant battle. What you do is, hey, you find this out, reach out and get help. Mm -hmm. Help them, come alongside them and help them get better. Don't shame them for it. Say, hey, we can fix this. We can get out of this. And... Be about that. Be actively pursuing help. Let's go ahead and do one more because I think we got a couple more minutes we can. Yeah, we'll um, talk about one more and then we might do a part two. Our first part two. Aww. Aww. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about a simple one <laughs> legal issues. <laughs> I think that's the one that will take the least amount of time on our list. Okay, legal issues here. So, so if your pastor's murdered someone. <laughs> 
Uh, no, he can no longer be a pastor because uh, he'll probably be in jail. All right. So uh, tax evasion. Tax evasion. Uh, not a good manager of his household. So no. What about a pastor who's got a DUI? I mean, we're going to talk about that, I think, a little bit next episode. We'll but... talk about drug and alcohol, but let's look at that. They got arrested for DUI. They need to go back into a moment. It's the same thing I would the look at. Accountability. Por- yeah, that pornography. They need to go back and find help. I think they can be redeemed from that and back into the pulpit. I just think it takes time. Mm-hmm. So let's look at another way. Like they get pulled over. They're mm-hmm. speeding. Guys, speeding still a sin. Yeah, you're not following the laws of the land. Yeah. So when we look at these kind of things, we have to be careful of what we do. As pastors, we need to be above reproach. And in those actions, we are not being a leader in a community, not being a good testimony of Christ in our lives. So what I look at is, hey, can they be redeemed from this? Yes, they can be. They can be fixed. They can be helped. One thing that um, we had an incident where uh, we had a pastor who got a, got arrested, actually got arrested for assault, but he was protecting somebody. It was this kind of moment where he got arrested he's put in jail what do we do well the first thing we did is said okay we need to put them on the back burner for like go ahead and not not mentally they need back out of ministry they need to be put back on the pew because they got out of jail the next day they were fine it was just everything going on with the whole legal case it's a bad situation yeah until that situation is remedied they cannot be in leadership but on the next step, they need to be held accountable and brought up and started being poured into and brought uh, built back up because, as you saw, they cannot be one driven to anger. They cannot be driven to violence. They have to be a good testimony of Christ. So always remembering, hey, am I being the best I can be for my congregation? So when it comes to legal issues... If you're going to jail, if you're being sued, all these different things, you need to be careful of what you're doing in your life so that these actions don't show up. Because the first thing that's going to come out of anybody's mouth is, oh, pastor such and such did this. All right. Now, guess what? Your church is going to lose members because you're, you're the pastor of that church. So such and such is going to happen. So you're going to damage the body of Christ that you put the herd that you've been put over. Not only that, they're going to look, oh, well, the pastor can do this then I can or that pastor's a Christian, but man, he didn't act much like a Christian. Guess what? You're damaging the testimony. So be very careful with what you do. Y'all, being a pastor is work. It's actively thinking about everything. What am I doing? What am I saying? What am I thinking? How am I acting? You know, it comes even down to your music choices. Things that you listen to with people in the car. Things you don't. You know, there's some music that I like listening to that whenever somebody else from the congregations in my church or is in my car with me, I'm not listening to that. Why? Because to me, it's music that I I enjoy. And no, it's not bad music, quote unquote bad music. But for them, it's not something they would definitely say, hey, that's a pastor for. Generally, my radio is off. Why? Because if you're in the car, I want to talk with you. I'm going to have a good conversation with you. So I make opportunities like that. But you have to make sure you're being accountable and being above reproach. Always. Yeah. And I think, you know, it really just depends on your legal situation. Yeah, definitely depends on the legal um, situation. You know, like murder. You know, maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't be behind the pulpit. Yeah, but you get, uh, you get a ticket for driving uh, a 35 and a 30. All right. Yeah. That's a different story. Yes, I think you need to be like, hey, Pastor, why were you doing 35 and 30? Yes, you're going to be picked on about it. Yeah, you You'll will be, be definitely that. picked on. But like, my favorite my favorite story is this. Uh, I actually got pulled over one time. I was doing 35 and 30. And the... Uh, officer walked up to my window, rolled down, and goes, "Oh, hey, Pastor Wayne." And I stopped, looked at, it, and I was like, 
oh no he was like don't worry about it he was like one i'm not giving you take i just told you hey you slow down you're going a little bit too fast here you know i was like i get that and sorry you know rushing to get home wasn't paying attention he's like i get that you just be careful because you don't need to be speeding around here understood we're fine what happened sunday i walk in and go hey i heard you got pulled over because we have friends yeah who know people so you kind of look at them and go ah man see so i'm looking at it from my standpoint can i be redeemed from that can i be accountable should i be pulled out of the pulpit no i mean i could be i've been held accountable that the officer literally looked at me and said, hey, you know, you do better because this is illegal. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You know, and I've done better. I've actively pursued to be better. I didn't like how Kaylee got quiet there. But, you know, <laughs> I understand. So I know how you drive. <laughs> always being always being mindful of what you do and who's looking. That's always the thing. You never know who's looking. You never know who's watching. It's like with children. Yeah. You don't want to, that's why you watch your mouth around your kids because you never know what to pick up. Got to do the same thing as a pastor to your church. You never know what's going to be seen or what people are going to pick up by how you act. So always be careful. But with that, guys, I do have to say we are running out of time. So we are very thankful that you guys jumped on this podcast. We are going to do a part two with this. Y'all, please be in prayer for us as we keep going through this. And thank you so much for making it this far into the podcast. I know that this was a hard topic. I know that this can be very stressful and very difficult to talk about. But, hey, if you have any more questions that fall into this mindset or you say, hey, I want to hear you guys talk more about this topic when it comes to pastors, please let us know. I would be happy to step up and start answering some of these questions. But with that, we love you guys. Keep sending your questions. Kaylee, how can they do that? You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AskRevPodcast. You can go on Wayne's TikTok at Rev.Wayne and hit up his Q&A section. You can send us an email at AskRevPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can even find these hopefully on our website, AskRevPodcast.com. And guys, hey, if you guys want merch, please send us a request through the same channels. Hey, if you want more questions in this area, please send those to us. But guys, we love you all so much. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast and part of our family. Until next time, we love you all. Bye. Bye.